You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Second Chronicles chapter 6. We'll use this text as a springboard, and then I probably will not have you turn, but I, by God's grace, will quote to you several scriptures today. And I hope that as we leave today, that this would be a message that we would take out of here and live it this week. And I hope it doesn't sound prideful. It could change your life today. I know this truth has changed me years ago. God spoke to me again early this week or last week regarding this text. Solomon is preaching, and as he's preaching, he's preaching a prayer of dedication. It's a long prayer. The sermon begins in chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. That is the house of God. And then he began to pray before the congregation. He spread forth his hands in verse 12. And then he kneeled down in verse 13. And he said, oh, Lord, verse 14, and he begins to speak to God. And he begins to ask God a question. In verse 22, what's the first word, church? If. So he prays at that house of God that day. He said, if a man sin against a neighbor and an oath be laid upon him to make him swear and the oath come before that altar in this house, What's the next word, chapter, chapter 6, verse 23? Ready? Then. Then what? If this is done, if we do this, will you do this? Notice what he says in verse 24. And if the people, Israel, be put to the worst before the enemy because they have sinned, and they confess and they pray, verse 25, what? What's the first two words? Then here, if we do this, God, will you do this? I want you to notice, he says, verse 20, if there be a dearth in the land and a pestilence, that's disease. We've just gone through that. It's always the judgment of God. There be a blasting and mildew and locusts, verse 29, then, and then he says in verse 30, then hear from heaven. He said in verse number 34, if the people go out to war against the enemy by the way they should send them, and they pray unto thee toward this city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I built, then hear thou. Verse 38, if they return with thee with all their heart. Verse 39, then hear. We know chapter number 7, verse 13, 14, and 15. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land or, and I send pestilence among the people, if, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and, turn and, and, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, heal their land. I want to speak what you would think is disrespectful, the title today, me first. 
It's, it's me first. I do not mean to be sacrilegious. I think you'll see it when I explain it. It's not God first. You say, well, this verse says that all things have the parameters. I'm not speaking about that situation right now. It's me first and God follows me. That is a biblical principle that most people know. You say, well, we're, we're accustomed to bossing God around. I do it in my own prayer. I caught myself this morning doing it, and I knew I was going to preach this. Lord, give me power, please. That's not how you direct God. You don't get power by telling God what you want. It's me first. I first have to make the first move. And in the text I just read to you, these people, if we get ourselves in a jam, there's pestilence or there's no rain or we're at war. And if, if we do this... God says, I'll come through. I think God is interested in you doing your part. For a I thought about it. I had the whole message prepared, and I thought about a message I preached years ago in the old building, and you, you were already, my part, God's part. I don't think it's the same message. Uh, I think it's a different thought. Maybe it's not a different thought. I never go back and look, but that had to be 25 years ago, so only for a slide would remember because he's sort of different anyway. But, uh, but the rest of us, I don't even remember what I preached. He's got a brain that's a calculator up there. He's a computer. You know, God, God, God wants to have you have a great life. And if we're not careful, here's what we do. We bargain with God. Lord, I, I have this disease. Now, if you'll do this, I'll do this. I'll live your rest of my life. You don't approach God that if you do this, I'll do this. It's if I'll do this, you can do what you want, God. Thy will be done. Stop bossing God around. Stop commanding God. I know that we're to come boldly to the throne of grace. We'll get there. But God is interested in you doing your part. God is interested in me doing my part. God is interested in me being right with him before he'll ever come and we just boss him around. No, sir, that's not the way this thing works. I recall this had to be 40 years ago, a lady, a very attractive lady in her 50s, just a beautiful lady, a handsome man, just a handsome man. And I was a young preacher, and, uh, and um, I recall they were hit and miss, and they called me to the house. I, I drove right by the street yesterday, and I remember exactly where they lived, and, and she had a, a terminal disease, so it appeared, and she was going to go into surgery, and they called me and said, Pastor, come and pray with us, please. And I went and prayed with them. And they said, Pastor, we want you to know we've been hit and miss. And the lady, very dignified, very uh, 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 per perfect hair, everything about her, just a very classy lady. And she said, here's what I did, Pastor. I said, God, if you'll just heal me of this disease, if the surgery coming up this week, if you do this, I promise you, I'll be faithful to you. I'll be in church. I'll be in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Miraculously, uh, she was healed from the disease. By the way, I don't think she came ever Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. She lasted for a few months and then she's been out of church over 40 years to my knowledge. You can all bargain with God. 
I'll tell you what, you're knocking on the door this week. I'll tell you why I don't go to God. I'll come to church. I'm so mad at church. My mother was sick with an illness. And I, go, I went out, I cried. I prayed to God. God, if you'll heal my mother. God, God didn't heal my mother. She died. I don't want to serve a God like that. You want, a, you want a genie is what you want. You want a directed God is what you want. Quit bossing God around. The, the scripture makes it very clear. If my people... We quoted this on the, in 1976, so often preachers all over America when we were 200 years old. If my people, which are called by my name, it starts with me, me first, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. But I, I've got to get, no, it's just not, God, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Bail us out of this. Bail us out of this. Get us out of this mess. No, my step is first. My people will humble themselves. My job is to humble before God, not boss God around. My job is to confess my sin to God. My, God, my job is to turn from my wicked way. My job is to seek God's face and be totally right with God. God says, you, you do your part. I'll take care of mine. I, I pray, Lord, I pray often, Lord, give me power with thee, please. But if I want power with God, I have to be willing to meet the conditions. What are the, the conditions? I must be willing to suffer. You don't get the power of God without suffering. Wait a minute. Paul said this, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I take pleasure in infirmities. So many people, when we have infirmities, we gripe, we complain, we post it online. My toe hurts today. I have this. You ever say, well, I don't just do, I, I, I'm just so sick. I'm just so this, I'm so that. I tell them, well, according to James 1.12, you missed it. You are magnifying your problem instead of magnifying the Savior. He said, I'll put my power on you, but you're going to have to go through the school of suffering. I thank God for our staff. But I see that God and our staff and the church and the college and the school and the publications and the radio, I, I see God, God doing great things in their life. But the thing that bothers me is I know they'll go through the school of suffering. God allows his choice servants. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. But most people really don't want the power of Christ. They want just God to make them look good. But you're going to have to go through suffering. Some of you are going through suffering today. I wonder why God's chosen you that he's going to place his power upon your life. I think of the fact that if I want the power of Christ, I'll have to go through suffering. I'll have to go through betrayal. That's probably the greatest hurt wound in my heart. It's to watch people that you birth and you raise and you live for their life and they go through elementary and junior high and high school and college and they go into the ministry and I watch it, I watch it all the time. I've preached in places for 40 something years and almost 50 years of my life, preaching around this country on Mondays and Tuesdays night forever. And I tell you what, men that used to, oh, Brother Treber is here to preach and thank God for North Valley Baptist Church. Many of those places won't even spit on us anymore. Because they've changed the dynamic. They want a rock and roll church. I don't want a rock and roll church. I'm not interested in it. 
That, that's a wound, that's a hurt. Paul, Paul said to the Galatian church who he had won to Christ, he had won the Galatians to Christ. He said, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Well, you would have plucked your eyes out for me. Paul had a firmity in his eyes, he had run. He was about four foot 10, historians tell us. He was a short little guy, very brilliant man, knew five, knew five languages. But here's the apostle Paul and he's running eyes. And, and he said, you would have plucked your eyes out. Have I become your enemy that you tell me the truth? I tell you the truth. He was trying to show him your theology is all crazy. You're mixing law and grace. It doesn't coexist. Jesus said, for as much as you know that a man is not redeemed by corruptible things, he tells Peter, like silver and gold as received from the vain tradition of your fathers, but by the precious blood of Christ. Man cannot be justified by works. Thank God for the fact that you can have the power of God, but you're going to be betrayed. I think of that man, Dr. Weigel, who's been home with the Lord probably for 40 some years now. But he wrote that, no one ever cared for me. No one understands like Jesus. He had his church in Orange in, in Florida was going so great. And, and his wife in the 30s, she walked out on him. Took the five-year-old girl, said, I don't want the ministry. I don't want God. I don't want the church. I'm moving from Florida. I'm going to Hollywood. I'm going to have a time of my life. And she left him. He resigned the church and he got so despondent he thought about walking off a pier and taking his own life. But he said, God, my life is not my own. They went on to just serve God. Five years later, he received note that his wife in Hollywood died a very violent, sorrowful death. In time, he remarried and became a great preacher of the gospel and wrote those great songs. I'd love to tell you what I think of Jesus since I found in him a friend so strong and true. I will tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. You want the power of God. I want the power of God on my life. Well, you're going to have to go through some suffering. Well, you're going to have to go through betrayal, Job. Well, friend, if you want the power of God, you're going to have to go through some loneliness. The great preachers and I, most, uh, so many of them are with the Lord that I've known through the years. The great, great preachers, they lived a lonely life. I could tell you of more than one whose wives got so sidetracked with them and they, they'd come to church and they would be there, but they did not agree with their husband and he preached 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 and he loved and he tried to love his wife and love his family. You talk about loneliness. You have to go home and never could talk to his wife about the things of God. The devil did that with Job and his wife. The devil did that with Rebecca and Jacob. I want you to know today, you want the power of God, but there's a price to pay for the power of God. Me first. I have to be willing to go through the school of loneliness and the school of betrayal and the, uh, the school of suffering if I want the power of God. I think of that verse I've quoted so often, James 4, 8. It's me first. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. I've told you this illustration so many times, Brother Flood, but you go over there, if you will. You're God. I'm man. And I'm going I'm to boss you around. And I hope I'm not sounding irreverent. God, I, I, I need your power. I need your blessing. I need strength today. I need help today. I need you to do this. Will you please do this? Will you do it? Will you do it? Come on over here. 
there he stands. You know what God's looking for? Me to make the first step. Draw nigh to God. Now, Lord, the closer I get to you, the more I realize how, how wicked I am, how frail I am. Lord, I need you. God, I want to walk with you today. I don't want to regard iniquity in my heart. If, Lord, if, if I regard iniquity, you won't hear me. Lord, I, I, want, I want to walk in your presence. I want to please you. I want to be a vessel. I want to be a servant. You know what I'm doing? I'm drawing nigh to God. We're getting closer now. And the things of this earth are going to grow strangely dim. And people think, oh, he's a nutcase. Lord, today I'm just thinking so much of my salvation. That day in 1956 when you saved me. He reached down. I, I'd lie to my mother. I'd lie to my dad. I, I was so sorry. I'm so thankful that you love me. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. Thank you. See, I need to draw him out of God. I think we've got it all backwards. We're trying to bargain with God. We're trying to boss God. We're trying to let God know that here's what you've got to do. And if you don't do it, I'm going to hold you hostage. I'm to draw a night of God. I'm to cleanse my hands and purify my heart. Why? So he'll be close to me. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou will keep him, this guy over here, me, in perfect peace. How's it happen? I have to have my mind stayed on him. If my mind is on him, he's going to prevent. Say, I have no peace today. Well, your mind's not on him. Your mind's on your problem. Your mind's on your sorrow. Your mind's on the hopelessness. Your mind's on the situation that God dealt you the wrong hand. I hope that was the right thing to say. Uh, I, 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 God didn't do me right. No, no. I, I am to. That will keep him in perfect peace. Here's my. Here's one. Call unto me, Jack. Call unto me. What's he going to do? God's going to show me great and mighty things, Jeremiah 33, 3. But it's not what God, you say, I want God to show me some things. It doesn't go that way. It always begins with me first. I'm going to call upon you. I look at my prayer life and I pray. God knows I pray. And I have extensive prayer lists but, and journal that I use. But I want to tell you something. My prayer life is so sorry compared to what it should be. I, I look at the things that I need to pray for and, and the things that God impresses in my heart and the things I've written down. And I need to pray so much more. And I wonder what God could do with my life and your life if we just called out in every circumstances in life. And called to God. I'm reminded today of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Jack Treber right over here. Jack, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways, these are all things that I need to do and acknowledge him. Here's his part. He'll direct your path. But you want God to direct your path without trusting the Lord with all your heart. And leaning not unto your own understanding. The next verse, verse number 10. So he, he, he says about our, our goods and our possessions and the things that honor the Lord. That's, that's what I, honor the Lord with thy substance. And so we give to God that your barns may be filled. I want the barns filled, God. Not before you honor me. It starts with me. I think of the scripture where God came to Abraham 
And they said, get thee up out of thy country and from thy father's house into a land that I will show you. God's going to take him on a 750-mile journey. He had no idea where he was going. And the Bible says, so he went. And as he went, God said this when he got there, I will make thee a great and mighty nation. He's talking about Israel. And I'll bless them that bless you, and I'll curse them. How'd that all happen? Because the man got up and went and did what God said. You cannot rebel over here. And we all have sins that so easily beset us. Hebrews tells us that. You have a sin that easily gets you off. I have sins that easily get me off track. Your sin might be the sin of discouragement and negativity or griping or complaining. It might be the sin of gossip. It may be the sin of wasting time on the internet, the social media. It might be the sin of, of jealousy. It might be the sin of all these things that it can happen. We always think, well, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm then immoral. Yeah, but what about all those other things? The anger explosions. The bitterness we carry, the carnality, the desiring, what I want the world, the envy, the deceit, the deception, the lying, the lying, where you can look right in the eye of your wife and lie, and right in the eye of your husband and lie, right in the eye of your parents and lie. And then we expect God, God, why you? I tried Bible college saying, it didn't work. No, you never got over lying. God answers truth because he is truth. The scripture today, the Bible says in James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. So my, my, I'm to confess and I'm to pray for one another. And God says, I tell you what's going to happen. The effectual fervent prayer, you just keep praying, availeth much. I'll see to it that it's okay. I'll take care of it. Stop trying to get God to do what you want him to do. For God, for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. But here's where it begins. You're not saved just because he gave his son. That whosoever believeth. It starts with me. I need to believe in Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Should not, here's his part. You're not going to perish, Jack, but you'll have everlasting life. That's God's part. Stop the negotiation with God. Stop the bargaining with God. Stop the fact that you're trying to boss God around. And you do this, do that. I've, done, I've, I've, I've served you. I taught Sunday school. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. I've done that. A preacher friend of mine texted me last night. I read it early this morning. And I know the man I've preached in the church many times. He said, Brother so-and-so was going for a record 30 years nonstop, never missing driving the bus in our church. In 27 years, he's never missed it. Never missed. He's driven every Sunday for 27 years. He's gone on vacation. He's been back on Sunday to drive his bus. 27 years. He said he won't drive the bus again. Last Monday, his big rig, big rig it had an accident and crushed his ribs on this side and ribs on this side and his lungs were punctured. He's in ICU all last week. He's there right now. He's not driving his bus this Sunday. Very doubtful he'll ever drive again. I don't understand God's ways, but I believe God's way is perfect. I don't know how God, if he tarries in his coming, is going to take me out. I don't know how I'll be 
placed in a casket one day. I don't know, it'll be a, a stroke or a heart attack or a car accident or a plane accident. I don't know what it will be that takes, my, it takes place in my life. I don't know what days lie ahead that one day I might be all alone and I cannot remember. I remember walking in and talking to my dad and a couple of times he, he couldn't, oh, I think you're my doctor. I don't know who you are. I remember talking to my mother and she said, I, I, don't, rem I don't remember. Tell me again. Oh, and they'd catch on. I, I know you're, you're my son. Yes, I know that. I sure hope I don't have to go out that way for my wife's sake. But I don't know what the future holds, but I'll tell you this, I know who holds a future. And there's nothing ever going to touch me in my life that God hasn't allowed. All the fiery trials of your life are father filtered. They go through the hand of God. My job is just to keep drawing nigh to God. My job is just to keep obeying God. My job is to pray. My job is in Revelation 2.10, repent or I'll come quickly and remove thy candlestick. God says, you don't have to have the church removed its flame and fire that you had at one time. I won't remove it if you'll just repent. How, oh, but I'm not getting right. Are you kidding me? I'm not gonna do that. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you, Jack, will confess to your mouth to the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Here's God's part. Thou shalt be saved. I'll save you. You've got to believe this. I can do this. I'm reminded of the scripture in Luke 6, 638. Jack, you give. Give! And he says, and it shall be given you. I'll just keep pouring on on. I'll just keep giving. And Matthew 7 if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give unto them that ask them? It starts with me. It begins with me. Job 42. And the end of the year trial, Job went through in last chapter 42. says, God says, if you'll hear, Job, I will speak. God doesn't speak to me. Well, you're not hearing then. It's very obvious. You're not, if, you're not, if you're not hearing God speak to your heart, I'm not talking about through an audible voice, but he'll speak to you through the Holy Spirit. He'll think, he'll, he's speaking to you right now through the preaching of the Word of God. God's ordained the foolishness of preaching. He'll speak to you through the Word of God. I, I, I'm glad we sing, Brother Martin. He still speaks. Yeah. I know his voice. And he walks with me and he talks with me. He speaks to me. He tells me I'm his own. My son quoted to me several years ago, and I've told you this before. He says, it seems like so much of the world doesn't have joy, Pat, Dad. But he said, you know, the remedy for that is in thy presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 16. I'll never forget what he told me. He said, Dad, that the joy of the Lord. If I do right, I'll get strength. They that wait here, to, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall 
uh, walk and not faint. Where, where does the strength come from? God, Isaiah 41, fear now, thou not, I am with thee. I will stay thee, I will help thee. God says, you do your part, walk with me, talk with me, confess your faults, confess your sins, be right with me. I'll come through for you. I wonder, Colonel Harder, how many of us as God's people really know to do our part. Maybe we know about it. I wonder if we're doing it. I know we're out of time. I'm thinking about every situation of life. Your marriage, it has to be me first. Not me first that you wait on me. It's me first. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to love you with the agape love that Jesus loved me. It's me first. The wife says, let me take care of that. No, I'll do it. I want to do it. Marriage is not that she does for me first. It's me doing for her and vice versa. It's me first. I'll take the first move. In your job, I'm not, yeah, you get happy when you got your job, but now you're not happy. I'll tell you why. It was me first. I'll do whatever I need to to get this job. Well, it needs to continue that for a lifetime. I'll be on time. I'll work hard. I'll stay off my cell phone. And if I'm working eight hours and get paid for eight hours, I will work the eight hours. I'll be honest. And I won't complain and I won't gripe and I won't talk to people and I won't just talk on the phone and I won't just uh, be on social media. No, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. You'll love your job a lifetime. We're, we're out of time. There's a song that was written for Easter in 1936. The man that wrote it was born in 1912. The man was brilliant. He had earned doctorate degrees from five continents. I say continents because several countries in that continent, he earned a doctorate as well. A brilliant man, just a brilliant man, a great preacher, and a great Bible professor. He taught for so many years at the old Charles Fuller Fuller Seminary, one of his old sound in the faith and doctrine. The man wrote a song for Easter. He said I, he was obsessed with revival. He, he read everything he could on revival. He studied revival. He studied books on every country of the world where they had revival as he traveled to over 115, 115 countries. He had been everywhere. He studied revival. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that it's Psalm 139. Search me, O God. Search me, O God. Cleanse me from every sin. He wrote the song in our hymn book, page 71. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior, know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way of me. Cleanse me, God. Here it is. I'll do my part. Cleanse me. As you reveal to me, cleanse me. I try to do it every day. And I try to do it before I ever preach. God, if I regard any sin in my life 
this day already or this week, I want to confess it to you right now. I stand out here at uh, quarter to nine. Is it quarter to nine? Quarter to nine in the morning, just wave to people, shake hands with people, talk to the kids while you come up. I love it. To about 9.30, 9.35, then I go to class where my wife and I have a class. Sometimes out here things are said to me that are not positive and encouraging, and it just defeats me. And I'll go to my study right before I go to Sunday school, and I'll always kneel and say, Now, Lord, that conversation has got me sidetracked, and it bothered me, and I'm a little upset within my heart. Just, I smiled, but it just hurt so badly. Lord, I guess that's just nothing but pride. I want to be clean before you, God. As Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Because I want to do everything I can on this end right here so that the power of God might rest upon me. Why? So that God's people could be blessed. It's all about me first. Well, you take the first step. You read the Bible, it's always you doing the first step. You look at the famous text in the Bible, you know it's you doing the first step. Father, I love these people. They know it. I wonder sometimes if I tell them too much. They're such a blessing. They're such good people. They're faithful people. They're fervent people. I love your word. And I've been reminded in the last, I guess, probably 10 days that it's all up to me. I must do my part if you're going to do your part. I don't need to do it as I'm bargaining with you. I need to just be thoroughly right. And God, if you shut up heaven and I come to you at the confession of pure heart, I know then will I hear because you're going to hear. And when you hear, you'll act. I pray that I meet every condition for the blessing of God on my life this week. As I release these people in just a few moments to go to this area, this region, and around the world, and those that listen, I pray that we would recognize more than ever that my Father planned it all. And I need to get in God's plan instead of getting God in my plan. And Lord, I want to be careful not to rush this week and not to be impatient with you. And if I'm impatient with mankind, it's because I'm impatient with you. If I'm irritable with mankind, it's because I'm irritable with you. Lord, if I'm judgmental of mankind, it's because I'm judging you, the almighty God. Please speak to hearts, change lives today. Our heads are bowed. If you're not a Christian, would you come to know Christ as your Savior today? In a moment, we'll stand. The pianist to play. We always give an invitation. It's an invite Every week people come to trust Christ as Savior. A man will show a man how to be saved. A lady will show a lady. We'll not embarrass you. We'll not, we'll not have you speak or anything. We'll just have you come and they'll show you from the Word of God how you can have your name written in the book of life. I know I can die today and I'll go to heaven. Not because for all these years I've been a preacher. I'll tell you why I'm going to heaven. Because in 1956 when I confessed I was a sinner, he saved me and put my name in the book of life. And there's no erasers in heaven. Are you saved? I think of a man this morning that I prayed for. He's prayed for him this week. He's a good man. I love him. He loves me. I just don't think he's saved. 
I've got to be very careful saying that. I, I think he's a good guy, but I don't think he has no knowledge of God. I don't know if there's ever been born again experience in your life. I don't say that to be cruel to anybody. Are you saved? I don't want to say that to cause doubt in someone's mind. Are you saved? But if you're not saved, you need to get saved today. Many Christians ought to come. Many teenagers ought to come and say, I, I, I've not been looking at it right. It is me first. I need, to, I need to confess. I need to get right with God. Stop blaming the church or blaming your parents or blaming this or blaming God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.